Morning, East Point. Today's scripture comes from Genesis chapter 41, verses 1 through 38. Again, Genesis chapter 41, verses 1 through 38. And God's word reads as follows. After two whole years, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile, and behold, there came up out of the Nile seven cows, attractive and plump, and they fed in the reed grass. And behold, seven other cows, ugly and thin, came up out of the Nile after them and stood by the other cows on the bank of the Nile. And the ugly, thin cows ate up the seven attractive, plump cows, and Pharaoh awoke and fell asleep and dreamed a second time. And behold, seven ears of grain, plump and good, were growing on one stalk. And behold, after them sprouted seven ears, thin and blighted by the east wind. And the thin ears swallowed up the seven plump full ears. And Pharaoh woke, and, beh- and behold, it was a dream. So in the morning his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt. And all its wise men. Pharaoh told him his dreams, but there was none who could interpret them to Pharaoh. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, I remember my offenses today when Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me and the chief baker in custody in the house of the captain of the guard. We dreamed on the same night, he and I, each having a dream with his own interpretation. A young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. When we told him, he interpreted our dreams to us, giving an interpretation to each man according to his dream. And as he interpreted to us, so it came about. I was restored to my office, and the, ba- and the baker was hanged. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they quickly brought him out of the pit. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph answered Pharaoh, It is not me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Behold, in my dream I was standing on the banks of the Nile, seven cows, plump and attractive, came up out of the Nile and fed in the reed grass. Seven other cows came up after them, poor and very ugly and thin, such as I had never seen in all the land of Egypt. And the thin, ugly cows ate up the first seven plump cows, but when they had eaten them, no one would have known that they had eaten them, for they were still as ugly as the beginning." Then I awoke. I also saw in my dream seven ears growing one stalk on one stalk, full and good. Seven ears withered thin and blighted by the east wind sprouted after them. And the thin ears swallowed up the seven good ears, and I told it to the magicians, but there was no, no one who could explain it to me. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, The dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has revealed to Pharaoh what 
he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dreams are one. The seven lean and ugly cows that came up after them are seven years, and the seven empty ears blighted by the east wind are also seven years of famine. It is as I told you, as I told Pharaoh, God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. There will come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, but after them there will arise seven years of famine, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land, and the plenty will be unknown in the land by reason of the famine that will follow, for it will be very severe. And the doubling of Pharaoh's dream means that the thing is fixed by God, and God will, sh- will sure- shortly bring it about. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land, and take one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven plentiful years, and let them gather all the food of these good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh for food in the cities. Let them keep it. That food shall be a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine that are to occur in the land of Egypt, so the land may not perish through the famine. This proposal pleased Pharaoh, And all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this in whom is the Spirit of God? Amen. As we've said before, and I am confident that it bears repeating this morning, when you read the scriptures, it is imperative that you keep in mind, beloved, that there are designs and there are schemes of the evil one. And that Satan has his designs and he has his schemes, not only against the will of God, but against God's people. And he is real, And he is seeking to undermine and he is seeking to supplant the glory of God in this world, even in our lives. Satan wants to deceive. As we have seen, he wants to destroy. As we have seen, he wants to discourage. He wants to deceive, he wants to destroy, he wants to discourage. But here is the overriding truth. Is that despite his deceptions, and despite his plans of destruction, and despite his schemes of discouragement, God has promised your deliverance. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind as you're reading the scriptures. This is the storyline that is playing out all the time. The enemy is seeking to destroy, discourage, deceive the people of God. 
But from the very beginning, God has promised their deliverance. And that storyline, beloved, is not just something that is working itself out in the pages of Scripture. But when you get to where the Scriptures end in recording what has happened upon the earth and your life and my life begins, God is still writing that story. Satan is still trying to deceive and destroy and discourage. But God has still promised you and me that he will deliver. You keep that in mind as you read the scriptures, as you seek to understand what God is doing in this world and even in your life. You see that in the life of Joseph this morning. This is what we have seen. He tried to deceive Joseph. It didn't work. He tried to destroy Joseph. It didn't work. So his tactic has been that he's going to discourage Joseph. But as we will see this morning, beloved, that didn't work either. How does he seek to discourage Joseph? You might remember how chapter 40 ended. Joseph was forgotten. Joseph was forgotten. Last week we remember that Joseph had been forgotten. He was a forgotten prisoner. A forgotten prisoner. And beloved, to be forgotten is to be left behind. If you've ever been forgotten or if you've ever been left behind, then you know how that feels. It feels as if, almost as if you have been despised and rejected. It, it feels as if not only have you been forgotten and left behind, but you have been intentionally neglected. It creates feelings of sorrow and feelings of grief. And even, beloved, resentment. Resentment. Joseph, you might remember, had interpreted the dream of Pharaoh's cupbearer. And after interpreting the dream of, the, of Pharaoh's cupbearer and letting Pharaoh's cupbearer know that God had looked favorably upon the cupbearer and that the cupbearer was going to be released from prison and restored to the favor of Pharaoh, Joseph asked and pleaded with the cupbearer, please remember me. 
cupbearer, the Bible says, forgot Joseph. He forgot Joseph. And what would make the cupbearer forget Joseph? Well, when he got home, he got excited. He was excited that he was let out of prison. He was excited that his neck was saved. He was excited that he was able to go home again. He was excited that he was in the king's good graces again. The excitement that filled him to know that he would be able to go home to his wife and his kids again. The the excitement to know that he was alive. And when you kind of put all that together, you can almost forgive the oversight. Almost. The man is excited to be alive. See his family again. And stand in the court of Pharaoh. You can almost forgive the oversight. And the Bible says, for two years, beloved, Joseph waited. He waited. And he waited. For two more years, in that prison, Joseph waited on the Lord. Every day, every day, every day, you can imagine, Joseph looked for a word from the cupbearer, but it never came. Every, every day for two years, he watched his prison door. Hoping and believing that today would be the day that he would get word from the cupbearer. Like someone rightly said, a watched phone never rings. And in this case, beloved, a watch door never opens. fact of the matter is, and it is a hard truth to get our minds around, but it is a necessary one this morning, and that is that God rarely gives blessings without patience. No, it's hard for us to get our minds around that truth, beloved. But God rarely gives blessings without patience. The Lord promised Abraham that he would have a son. And Abraham waited 25 long years for the blessing of God. Jacob waited on God for the blessing that was the wife, Joseph's mother, Rachel. 14 years he waited have the blessing that was Rachel. Moses waited on the Lord. He was on the backside of the desert, beloved, 40 years before the Lord came to him and called him back to Egypt 
to do what he promised him that he would do. David waited on God. The Lord told David that he would be king. And David waited 15 years before he was king of Judah. And another seven before he was king of all of Israel. And anyone, beloved, who has walked the walk of faith with the Lord has had to wait on the Lord. You have had to wait on the Lord. And waiting on the Lord, if we are honest, waiting on the, on, the, on the Lord doesn't mean that you don't get down. There are times when you wonder if you actually heard the Lord rightly. There will be times when you will wonder if you are actually standing in the right position. Or maybe I should move over here. Or maybe I should change this or change that. When you're waiting on the Lord, beloved, it doesn't mean that you won't get down. And it doesn't mean at times that you won't be disappointed. You can imagine as Joseph is waiting for that door to open and every day he is disappointed that there's no word from the cupbearer. Every day, he's watching that door. And every night, he lays down with another disappointment. Beloved, if you're faithfully waiting on the Lord, you may get down and you may get disappointed, but that doesn't mean that you allow the enemy to discourage you. You wait on the Lord. Wait, I say. Wait on him. God is bringing his plans to bear. Notice I said his plans, not ours. His plans, not Joseph's. His plans. Joseph might have wanted that cupbearer to remember him. But it wasn't the cupbearer that Joseph needed to remember him. It was God. And it wasn't the cupbearer's timing that Joseph was waiting on. He was waiting on God's time. And when you know that, yes, it can be disappointing. Yes, you can get down. But if you know that you are waiting on God's timing, then the enemy doesn't discourage you. You know, I always know what God should do. And not only do I know what God should do, I know when God should do it. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, beloved, when you're waiting on the Lord, you're waiting on his ways. And God moves in mysterious ways. 
I should know. I wish I would know the when and the why of God. But I'm honest this morning and tell you that I don't. In fact, this is the confession of the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 11. Oh, the depths of the riches of both the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways beyond finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord and who has been his counselor? When you're waiting on the Lord, you're waiting on the ways of the Lord and the Lord hasn't told you all his ways. Job was waiting on the Lord. And as he was waiting on the Lord, he began to grumble about the ways of the Lord. And what does the Lord say to Job? I mean, what does the Lord say to Job? Chapter 38 and verse 4. All right, Job. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me that if you have such understanding. Since you seem to know the when and the why and the how of my ways, tell me about my ways. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the world? How did I do it? When did I do it? Tell me if you have that understanding. This is what the prophet Isaiah says. It's in Isaiah 55. Beginning in verse 8. Where God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. And neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. His ways, beloved, are mysterious. He, he moves and he works in dreams. He declares himself in visions. He speaks in donkeys. His revelation comes in fire and clouds and storms and smoke. God moves in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps on the seas and he rides. Upon the storms. When you're waiting on the Lord. You're waiting on his ways. And I am confident, beloved, that Joseph didn't understand the ways of God. But I also know that he didn't doubt the Lord either. For... Joseph waiting on the ways of the Lord. What he was ultimately waiting on was a word from the Lord. When you're waiting on the way of the Lord, you're waiting on a word from the Lord. 
It may come in two years. It may come in 25. Ask Moses, it may come in 40. But if he promised, it's coming. And you're waiting, you're waiting on the word of the Lord. And while Joseph was waiting on the ways of God, the Bible tells us that the word of God came to Pharaoh's house. Here was Joseph waiting in Pharaoh's prison. And the word of God came to Pharaoh's house. Pharaoh had two troubling dreams. The Bible says that the first dream was concerning seven large, healthy cows and seven small and sickly cows, and the seven small and sickly cows ate the seven large and healthy cows. And then the Lord gave Pharaoh another dream, and he dreamt that there were seven plump heads of grain, and there were seven shriveled up useless heads of grain, and the shriveled up heads of grain ate the healthy heads of grain. Now, like you and like me, when we wake up from a dream like this, we are asking ourselves, what in the world was that about? And we are hoping that we would get on with our day and never mind what it was about. But this dream was not the result of some undigested beast. This dream, beloved, had come from the Lord. And Pharaoh just couldn't go on about his day. For the Lord was pressing it upon him and pressing it upon him. And Pharaoh had to find and know an answer. And he looked for answers. He looked for answers as most people would look for answers. He looked for answers in the wisdom of this world. He looked for answers in the wisdom of his world. And so he called what he perceived would be wise men. He called the magicians. He called the soothsayers. He called the men in his kingdom who could interpret for him this dream. But, beloved, there were no answers. Because when it comes to the hour of need, beloved, the truths that really make a difference, the truths that bring hope and peace and eternal life, the world has nothing to offer. When it comes to explaining God, you need God to explain God. Pharaoh is looking all in his world for an explanation of what God is doing. And there isn't one, beloved. But then... The Lord moves upon the heart 
of one standing in his presence. And the cupbearer says, I remember. He says, I remember my offenses today. Beloved, the reason, and, and, and you look at that and you say, yay, cupbearer. But you need to understand that the reason the cupbearer remembers is because God never forgot. The cupbearer remembers, beloved, because God never forgot. He remembers Joseph. world can't tell you about God. You need God to tell you about God. Even though the, work, the world is quick to try to tell you about God. Quick to tell you what God is and what God can and what God can't do. What God will and what God will not do. And what Pharaoh found out. What we must always remember, beloved. If you want to know about God, you got to go to God. And Pharaoh called Joseph. He called Joseph. Now, beloved, when Joseph gets the word that he's going to go see Pharaoh, when the door opens up, when that watch door finally opens up and says, Joseph, Pharaoh wants to see you, the question that you should be having and that I have is, what would Joseph do? What would Joseph say? The Bible says, when he got in Pharaoh's presence, Pharaoh looked at Joseph and Pharaoh said, Joseph, I hear that you're the man. I hear that you are the man who can tell me what I need to hear. And what does Joseph say? Joseph says, no, Pharaoh. I'm not the man, but I know the man. I don't have what you need, but I know the God who does. I can't do what you ask, but I know a God who can. Oh, Pharaoh, you don't need the words of Joseph. You need the words of Beloved, that is so important that you and I see the disposition of Joseph here as he stands before Pharaoh. The pit and the prison might have disappointed Joseph, but it didn't disillusion him. He still trusted in his God. He was still leaning on the Lord. Two years he sat in that prison wondering if God had forgotten about him but trusting in the ways of the Lord. 
waited on him. Not allowing the enemy to discourage him. You know what the Bible says? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall walk and not get weary. They shall run and not faint. And when Joseph comes into the presence of Pharaoh, beloved, our brother Joseph is about to take flight. He has waited on the Lord. And the Lord has renewed his strength. He has waited on the Lord and he is about to mount up on wings like an eagle. It was time. It was time. It had actually been some 13 years, beloved. 13 years. Not just two in the prison. It had been 13 years since Joseph had received the word from the Lord that he would reign. And now is the time. He had been in the pit left for dead. He had been in the prison left for dead. But now God is going to raise him up. When God moves, when God finally moves, his purposes ripen fast, beloved. Quick, quick. Quick. One moment, Joseph is in the pit. The next moment, he's standing in the palace. When God decides to move, he takes action and it is quick. One moment, he is standing and conversing and speaking with the prisoners. The next moment, he is standing and conversing with Pharaoh. That's how it happens, beloved. One moment, you're lost, and then the next moment, you're found. One moment you're blind, and then the next moment you see. One moment you're in prison, and then the next moment you're set free. One moment you're lonely, and the next moment you're loved. One moment, beloved, you're down and you're left behind, and then the next moment you're remembered. And he raises you. When he raises you up, beloved, you don't forget who is the one who raises you. Others may have forgotten you, but don't you forget who brought you. Don't you forget who never forgot you. Don't Forget who was there when all others walked out. It was my Haya Jackson who used to sing the song, How I Got Over. How I Got Over. And she said, but soon as I see Jesus, the man who died for me, 
the man who bled and suffered. And you know he hung on Calvary. I want to thank him. I want to thank him for how he brought me. I want to thank him for how he taught me. I want to thank God for how he kept me because I want to thank God that he never left me. Don't forget who kept you. Don't forget who never left you. God raises Joseph up. But he raises Joseph up not to make much of Joseph, but so that Joseph would make much of God. And standing in the presence of Pharaoh, you can hear the testimony of one who has been down, but he has not allowed the enemy to discourage him. He knows who raised him up. He knows who kept him. He knows who never left him. So you hear it in his words. And he remembers who taught him, he remembers who brought him. In verse 16, he said, it is not me, but God who will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. In verse 25, he says, God has revealed to Pharaoh what God is about to do. In verse 28, he says, God has shown Pharaoh what God is about to do. In verse 32, he says, the thing is fixed by God, and God will shortly bring it about. That's how you know that he may have been down, but Joseph was not discouraged. Because as soon as he was raised up, he gave testimony to what God is doing. Here's the principle this morning, beloved. Those whom he raises, they give him praises. Those whom he raises, they give him praises. God doesn't take his people down to leave them down. He lifts them up. And when he lifts them up, they lift him up. When he lifts them up, they lift him up. David said in Psalm 40, beginning in verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord. I and he inclined to me and heard my cry. I waited patiently on the Lord and he drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry fog. And he set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth. A song to praise our God. Many will see and fear because of it and put their trust in the Lord. I waited on the Lord. He heard me and he lifted me up and he set me on a solid rock. 
and he gave me a song to sing. And I lifted my voice in praise to him. And others trusted him because of it. Oh, beloved, this is the testimony of all those who the Lord takes down. This was the testimony of our Lord. The Bible says that he humbled himself and became obedient unto the point of death even death on the cross. So Christ went down into the grave following the shame and the sorrow, the rejection and the grief of the cross. And because of that, beloved, the Bible says that now God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that he is Lord to the glory and the praise of God the Father who is in heaven. Those whom the Lord raises, they Give him praises. And when he lifts them up, they lift him up. The Lord remembered Joseph. And when Joseph stood before Pharaoh, Joseph remembered the Lord. The Lord raised Joseph up. And when Joseph stood before Pharaoh, Joseph gave praise to God. God lifted him. And in the courts of Pharaoh, he lifted God. Has God raised you this morning? Has he lifted your head? And the Bible says that you ought to lift his name. Lift him up and let him be lifted up. And the king of glory shall come in. And who is the king of glory, the Bible says, but the Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty and battle. Lift him up and be lifted up. Joseph was remembered and Joseph was raised so that he would remember and give God praise. As he lifted you this morning, let us lift our hearts and praise to him. Let's pray.